Hey everybody, I'm Jerry Katz and on duality.org. My guest is Richard Lang. Richard first saw who he really was in, in a workshop with the English philosopher Douglas Harding back in 1970. Since then, he's devoted his life to seeing, seeing with a capital S, and to sharing this simple, accessible, headless way. And 20 years ago, he set up a UK charity to help share seeing who you are. And the website for that and for everything Richard does is headless.org. Richard has published several books. His latest books are Celebrating Who We Are, and an edit, which is an edited transcript of some of his workshops. And another book is The Man With No Head, a graphic biography of Douglas Harding. Richard also works as a psychotherapist. He lives in London, the UK. Richard will be visiting right here in Nova Scotia in Canada and giving his workshop on June 9th and 10th of this year. It's an appearance hosted by Karen Kilby. And uh, you can get and go to headless.org. And if you're going to be in Nova Scotia, or if you're in Nova Scotia, you find out the details from that. Welcome, Richard Lang. Thank you. <laughs> You've done that before. <laughs> I've, um, yeah, right. I did a lot of research to, to, to you know, get all that information out. <laughs> so we hear about this, this book, The Man With No Head, and your website, headlessway.org. Um, you teach the headless way. What's with this headlessness stuff? What is it? What, what's the headless way? Well, the headless way is what it sounds like, really. Is, uh, it is a, a response to the question, who am I? And instead of going to uh, other people, you look for yourself, direct experience, and you notice, for example, you can't see your own head. And instead, you see the world. And this is a nonverbal experience. The viewer can notice that now. You just can't see your own face now. I can see mine on the screen, but that's out there, uh, one or two feet away. That's my appearance. And this is seeing uh, what you are for yourself privately. Uh, uh, what are you looking out of? Are you looking out of a thing? It's very, very simple, or no thing. And I find, uh, and so do hundreds of my friends, really, um, that uh, noticing that I have no face from my own private point of view is seeing that I am room for the world and room for you now, Jerry. Uh, so when I'm with others, for example, it's noticing it's face to no face. You only ever see the other person's face. You don't see yours. And uh, people, I, I believe everyone can... Uh, of course, uh, see this because you can't see your face. Of course, whether or not it means something to a person, uh, uh, that's where uh, that will determine whether or not they carry on uh, noticing this. But I am convinced if you carry on noticing this, it will uh, give you blessing after blessing. That's so important. You, you mentioned if it has meaning for a person. Because everyone has these experiences, we call them spiritual experiences or whatever they are. Experiences of something beyond the ordinary everyday self. Everyone has them probably throughout life, but um, that's the question. Does it hold meaning for a person? Is a person struck uh, curious by it? And uh, do they value it enough to pursue what it is? Yes. Well, the headless way comes from Douglas Harding, who is... Uh, dead now and uh, lived to the ripe old age of 97, died about 10 years ago. And back in the uh, 1930s, he was asking the question, who am I? And he 
didn't want to accept anyone else's opinion. So he was just looking for himself. And in fact, I've got, I'll sh I'll very briefly, I'll show you, Jerry, a model uh, that he designed. And it, uh, it got a bit, I took it traveling and it got a bit bent. <laughs> um, but this uh, indicates that what you are depends on the range of the observer. This is what Douglas was working out. And so from several feet away, this is how you make sense of this headless experience in a way. From your point of view, I've got a head because you're several feet away. And uh, this is this layer here, which shows my human appearance at the distance, like a layers of an onion, this is the center. And as you come up to someone, you'll see cells and molecules and atoms. And as you go away, you'll see this, the the city or the planet. So what I am depends on where you see me from. This is what Douglas was working out. And he was aware the nearer you go up to an object or yourself, the less there is. Uh, eventually just particles, almost nothing. And he was convinced that at the center he was nothing, but he couldn't verify it. How can you verify that? Because you can't get to the center from outside. And then one day he saw a picture of, uh, by the philosopher Ernst Mark, who had drawn a self-portrait from his own point of view. It's quite a famous picture. And you see Ernst Mark's body and his arm coming out, drawing self-portrait and a big nose and of course no head, because it's from your own point of view. And when Douglas saw this, he realized that this gave him access to the central nothingness because he was looking at it now from the inside rather than the outside. Douglas then went on to write a lot about this and develop experiments for testing this. That's where it comes from. And uh, he, he wrote many books to try and make sense of this. Uh, everyone makes sense of it in their own way or, or not. It's a nonverbal experience. Uh, for example, you see, what happened uh, was that uh, Douglas saw this, realized it was important for him, that it showed him who he really was. And then he spent uh, years writing about it, making sense of it. But it was more than 20 years, well, about 20 years, before he actually shared the experience with someone else who valued it. Most people said to him, oh, you're just mad. That's, or of course you can't see your head. And then in the, so when he shared it with one person in the 60s, he thought he could die then because he'd actually shared it, you see. And it, of course, it's marvelous to share something that's valuable, isn't it? And then in the late 60s and 70s, he developed the experiments, which were on our website, which we'll be doing in the workshop in Nova Scotia, he developed the experiments which direct, make it much easier to share this experience. And so you look now and you see, well, you see Richard's face, but you don't see your own. Or you notice you're looking out at a single opening, you've got a single eye, see my hands disappear. You, ha you have to do this for yourself. And uh, so uh, what we do uh, with the Headless Way is we make available these experiments which give people access to this private experience of openness. And then we provide a lot of material that helps make sense of this in different ways or offers ways of thinking about this or shows how this experience when lived actually profoundly affects your life.
So, uh, well, there's a little intro. <laughs> yeah, a great response to my question about valuing an experience. And so you showed how Douglas Harding has valued it to a great depth. It goes on and on. It goes on through you, obviously. You know, you value it. I mean, there's no need to say that. I want to quote you from you from your website, headless.org. You say, I am creating this world without knowing how I do it, without making any effort, without knowing quite what is going to burst forth from below the bottom line. You say, look, this moment is exploding into being from within you. So my question is, why do we need to hear this? If it's so natural, if, uh, you know, how have we lost our ability to cast ourselves into nature? I think the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, why do we need to hear this if it's so natural? It's just like a, a bird singing. Uh, you know, it's spring and uh, it's singing. <laughs> I'm singing. <laughs> but uh, let me put it this way, uh, that you could say that life, uh, our lives have four stages. And uh, the first stage is the baby, then the child, the adult, and then what I call the seer. And uh, when you're a baby, you're headless. You, you pre-verbal, no idea what you look like, you're built open. And that's kind of infectious. People love to be around babies because they're not self-conscious in that way. And growing up is you begin to learn language and understand what people are saying and realize that they can see you. And childhood is the stage where you're becoming aware of what you look like for others. And you're not quite sure whether you're a person or a bird or a train yet. And uh, you kind of uh, enjoy making things up as you go along. I and mean, you really want to find out who you are. But you're in that sort of transitional stage between the headless baby and the adult. You're, you're finding out who you are in the world. It's very exciting. The third stage of the adult is when now you accept you are what you look like. Uh, that you are what others tell you you are, which you understand through language and so on. And the idea that you're headless, you reject is nonsense because no one else can see your headlessness. Everyone else sees your head. So the third stage is I am what I look like and you are what you look like. And in that way, we have lost uh, our awareness of this openness that's still there, but we've lost it. You see, we've become identified with the one in the mirror. Now, most people think that's it. Life is about finding out who you are as a person and then making the best of the one you find yourself to be. Uh, but it, 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 there's a fourth stage, I say. Fourth stage is reawakening to your original openness and realizing it is, that is true from where you are and your appearance is true for others. And both are true. So now I say, yes, for, for you I'm Richard, for me I'm space for the world. And uh, because we have... Uh, lost sight of this uh, through the process of growing up. That's why it's important to declare it because we've lost sight of it and there's nothing gone wrong. It, uh, that forgetting about who we are, that identifying with our appearance is, uh, is part of what the journey is all about. It's not a mistake. But if we don't go on to the fourth stage of reawakening to this incredible openness, this transparency that includes the stars and uh, 
then we're missing out, I think, on what, you know, what the whole thing is about, really. And you see, this makes a huge difference. Uh, when uh, you are just in the third stage of the adult and identified with what you look like, then I'm in a body and you're in a body and we're separate. And how can we meet? You know, two heads on the screen, there's a dividing line between them. I'm me, you're you, you see. But when I see I am this openness and that my appearance is what, what others get for me, then I realize you are in the same condition. You're looking after this openness. And so now I, I say, well, in appearance we're two, but in reality we're one. And the headless way, you see, makes this experience of who we really are absolutely accessible. It's a non-verbal ex uh, experience. You can't see your head, so everyone gets it. They may not value it, but everyone gets it. And so this means that at that level, there's no hierarchy because I, there's no way I could uh, kind of start to entertain the idea that you, haven't, you can't be aware of it, that you're not aware of it. It's so obvious. So this immediately kind of connects one very deeply with everyone. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you need to fill in? Like you mentioned earlier about um, that you uh, had your experience in a workshop with uh, well, seeing and like, what what else happened that might be interesting to us? What happened? What was your life like before that? And maybe how did it play out afterward? I, you see, came across the Headless Way when I was 17, and I'm in, you know, I'm practically 65 now. So I've spent my whole life with this in my life. And before I came across this, I was interested in this kind of thing. I was looking for it. And just by chance, I, I went to a workshop with Douglas Harding, and he showed me it. I was very lucky, really, because then I was shown what I was looking for. You still have to go, all, go through all the difficulties and challenges of life. But uh, one has this sort of inner compass, uh, and this safety net, uh, uh, which is a great resource, you know. And so uh, what happened for me was that Douglas was very um, receptive to people who valued this and you could go and visit him and stay with him for free as a friend he, he didn't have students he had friends it was non-hierarchical in that way and uh, this was genuine because everyone gets the experience it's not uh, you know belief it's a direct experience and so within a few years of meeting Douglas what I used to go and stay with him a lot I went to university near where he lived there were always people there. He had a, a second house he used for the workshops and gatherings. So I very soon had many, many friends with whom I shared this, and we were exploring what it was like to live from this. Uh, you know, there's no doubt you were living from it, but everyone's response was different. And so I, in a way, I kind of grew up in a mini community of people who were seeing who they were. And this was very supportive. And for whatever reason, uh, I very soon, uh, 
I very soon uh, decided I wanted to share this. I just felt drawn to sharing this. And so I traveled with Douglas and I kind of learned how to do the experiments and made them up and did workshops. And of course, as you go around sharing, you learn a lot and you meet people and you, you work out what you're doing really. So I kind of, one way or another, I devoted my life to uh, sharing this and making this as available as possible. And uh, we have uh, meetings like this with 20 people uh, several times a week, really, for free. Anyone uh, is welcome to drop in because it's just so interesting to ha meet others and have friends who are living from this and exploring what it's like to be with others who are aware of this. It's a, uh, it's a very exciting kind of social experiment because we haven't really been here before uh, in, this, in the sense that everyone's got it. Everyone's got it. And we distinguish, Douglas distinguished, he's got a great essay called The Experience and the Meaning. Distinguish between the experience and the meaning. The experience is nonverbal, simple, available, can't see your head, you see the world. You see when you're driving, you're still and the world flows through you. All the experiments make that immediately available. But then what it means to you and how it unfolds in your life is gradual and is different for everyone and uh, is, a, is a fantastic, challenging journey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me, I'm always curious because I had experiences as a kid and that makes me curious. So at 17, you discovered Douglas Harding, it's really young. What happened, what's your earliest memory of something that would say, hey, I'm just fascinated with something going on here. Can you, how far back can you go with your curiosity? Anything? Well, uh, a couple of years before I met Douglas, I had a, a very strong experience of openness and I felt open to the world, to the sky. It was a very physical, visual experience after I went to a talk at a church. And uh, the thing about that was that it was, I remember it and it, was, it impressed me greatly. I didn't really know what it was and I didn't know how to get back to it. Now I know what it was, and now I can access it in, you know, the root of it anytime I like. But then I think what happened was when I was about nine, uh, I would go back to that period, and the headmaster of the school where I was was a very deeply religious, spiritual man, and he inspired me. And it wasn't any particular thing except, I suppose, a sense of mystery about things a sense of curiosity and mystery. So I always think of him, I'm very grateful to him for having kind of lit a candle in me. Mm. Great. <laughs> yes. But what we'll be doing at the workshop is uh, I will be introducing the experience and we'll be doing lots of really interesting things that approach it from many different angles that no one else is doing really. Uh, it's very... Uh, particular to the headless way but these are we call them experiments they're not for you know believing or manipulating experience or trying to get something you haven't got it's attention to what you are now and noticing what you are from your own point of view and uh, there are quite a lot of these experiments and there'll be time just to meet others and to share 
and hopefully have fun. Uh, I am, you know, I, I love sharing this because I, I just, I know how valuable it is, how much fun it is, how, uh, how, yes, how valuable, yeah. It's going to be great. I look forward to meeting you. That's in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Halifax, Dartmouth, the super city, June 9th and 10th of 2018. Richard Lang is going to be there. Do you smoke cigars at all or? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? All right. I'm a cigar smoker. I, I do cigar satsang. I was wondering. You can always start, you know. Oh. <laughs> your, your doctor may recommend it. <laughs> no. you thank you for your... Oh, thank you. Great to meet you, Jerry. We, we haven't met before. and uh, Very nice no, to see you. I'll see you in Nova Scotia. Yes. And my guest great. has been Richard Lang. I'm Jerry Katz. Richard Lang's website is headless.org. Mind's non-duality.org. So long. <laughs>